But if it's a narrator, which it is like 90% of the time, yeah. why would you need to know their gender as long as they're getting the message across? You wouldn't be wondering what color shirt they're wearing. <laughs> why do you need to know what gender they are? So uh, I'm really pleased that the industry is headed in this direction. And I'm really, I'm even more pleased that clients so far have been very receptive to it. It's yeah, it's great. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. Here's the second part of my conversation with John Sanfilippo. I like the idea of using a sound from the actual industry in the audio logo. I think that's really an interesting way to, to go with that kind of thing. So yeah, well, the, something the key something. indoor thing, like I, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I was happy with how it turned out and, and she was happy with it. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it develops over uh, the coming years. And something that I haven't done yet that I'd love to do is incorporate, I, I alluded to this earlier, I would love to incorporate a product sound into a Sonic logo, but just haven't had the, the right client yet. But I, I think that would be a lot of fun to do because a lot yeah. of businesses are sitting on assets they don't even realize they have. You know, if, if you yes. can, if you have a product that makes or can make a distinctive sound, you need to own that. Uh, like a great example was uh, I recently found out that uh, Axe Body Spray, they actually uh, used some technicians and focus groups to tune the sound of their spray, which I thought was super interesting. And I looked it up and yeah, it does make a, a fairly distinctive sound. It's not just a hiss. It's got this kind of yes. sound to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very strong and actually fairly distinctive sound. Yeah. Yeah. Snapple does the same thing. So the, the twist off cap on the Snapple and they were trying to figure out how to make that happen with uh, plastic bottles as the same way that it happened with glass bottles. <laughs> Did it work? So, yeah, because it has a very distinctive sound when it pops. When the, yeah. the, but it worked with yeah. the plastic as well? Uh, I think. I think they figured out how to do it. I, cool. I don't know exactly how, but they were working <laughs> on it. And yeah. I know that um, Tostitos, for instance, just had a, a big thing drop where they used all of their own product to make the sounds of their audio brand and their advertising. And I yeah. think Kia did the same thing inside their cars. They were using like they were like playing the inside of the car. <laughs> yeah. No, this just is so much potential. Yeah. It's 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 very exciting. I, I love stuff like that. Um, another one that I think is super cool. I love uh ferrari their commercials mm -hmm. are just so super cool because uh most car commercials these days they're very quiet uh i mean they've got music and they've got voiceover but the cars are very quiet and that's very mm -hmm. deliberate they want to give this impression that the car does not pollute both the environment and the soundscape right but well they're ferrari also talking about the internal as well because like if if you're talking less about the outside because it's you know things are going electric they're using less and less noisy combustion right mm -hmm. <laughs> so then you're going inside the car to get that ambiance as opposed to the outside of the car to get that mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, it's it's just kind of a shift, I think, in the whole manufacturing of cars in general. Yeah, well, that whole industry is is changing, and we're going to see a lot of change in the coming years, which is is also yeah. very exciting. Um, but the reason I brought up Ferrari, though, is because, mm -hmm. and maybe it's changed, but um, uh, their advertising goes completely the other way, where they totally exploit that roaring engine because they know the people buying their cars. They want that big, sexy roar of the car. And I'm not even a oh, car yeah. guy, but when I see that, I'm like, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the revving of an engine. Yes, definitely. Yeah, but it's it a, very a very distinctive, distinctive sound. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I mean, you can you can rev, you know, like a, you know, a Honda Civic and it's not going to sound all that cool, but if you've got no. like a Dodge Charger, <laughs> it's it's going to have a very distinctive roar. Yeah. Like yes. when I was a kid, I would watch Dukes of Hazard and that um uh, I think that was a Charger. Yeah, that was that was a super oh, cool car. Yeah. 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 Harley Davidson also they've they've actually I think trademarked or copyrighted or whatever you do with sound they're the sound of their engines I think I could be wrong but I think they tried to trademark it but it didn't work out for some reason but I, I could be wrong but I, I did hear that they at least yeah they wanted to do that which is, is smart if you can do it yeah yeah it's like a potato 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 sound <laughs> like that's that's the way that they <laughs> that they uh described it i guess <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not a motorcycle guy either but yeah that's that's it's a cool idea yeah yeah it's really interesting but going along the lines of what you were talking about with your um your real estate broker i'm i'm curious about what you would do with um an individual or a small business audio brand like they won't have the same kind of money that a large company would have. So mm. what's usually the first step that you do that you take with these people? Because, you know, money is at a premium. <laughs> well, I have a, a list of criteria for basically any business that's looking to get into sonic branding. Um, one of them I explained earlier is having a good emotional connection to your own brand. Uh, or at least having the means to make that connection, because if it's just going to be the superficial thing, I'm not going to be able to make an effective product for you. So mm -hmm. there's that. Uh, you have to have a willingness to play the long game, because these things take years sometimes to make their way into the public consciousness, It especially depending on your frequency. And that's going to depend on your budget as well. Like McDonald's, there, ba -da -ba -ba -ba. everybody mm -hmm. knows that because they have the power to advertise like crazy. But if you're a local business, you got to ask yourself, do we have the buying power, uh, not just to create a sonic strategy, but to actually implement it? So that's sure. a concern as well, certainly. Um, and another one of the criteria really is just a budget. Like, do you have the money to get this off the ground and you know I, I don't want to put anybody out of business so uh you know that's a concern as well uh, <laughs> of course yeah 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 so we ought to make sure that they can actually pull it off again not just building the strategy but also implementing it because mm -hmm. if it's just sitting there on a shelf it's not doing anybody any good um but the other thing is like I'm, it's just me. I'm a one person operation. Yes, I rely on singers and voiceover people and other musicians on occasion, but I'm the only full time 
person here. So I have a mm -hmm. certain amount of flexibility. And if it's a smaller business, uh, like the way I price things, it, it does vary. Uh, it varies depending on the scale of the business. Because if it's a big business, like I mentioned Loyalist College, you know, that's a big brand. They're going to have a lot more touch points that they're going to have is a longer process, right? There's just so many different uh, moving parts. So that's naturally just going to cost more. But if it's something like that real estate agent where I'm just working with one person, uh, the process is different and we're able to scale that price down to a certain degree. So there is some flexibility depending um, on the scale of the business and you know, what the process is going to look like. So it's, it's, it's not as prohibitive as you might think. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different depending on who you're working with. Sure. And that does make a lot of sense. You know, it would make sense as to you'd be charging more for something that's more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, I've been trying to focus more locally in the last little while because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got clients certainly all over the province of varying sizes. Um, but uh, most of my business uh, has not been local, uh, which is fine. I mean, you kind of go where the work is. Like I said, this is the kind of work you can do for anybody in the world. And Kingston is an interesting market because it's kind of a medium-sized market. It's not a big city, but it's, it's not a small town either. And um, there are a lot of business people like myself, media people especially, who uh, set up shop here simply because they like the city, they like the lifestyle here, but they don't necessarily serve the local business community um, for various reasons. Some of them just don't have the budget to hire them, uh, but sometimes they, they just find there isn't as much interest. It's different in a smaller market. I find smaller markets uh, don't tend to be as competitive as say maybe a place like Toronto. And, uh, and I, I had, I have to admit, and I hate to admit it, but in the back of my mind, I'd sort of given up on Kingston for a while and I'd sort of dismissed it. And, and some people, you know, other people do this too, but I'd sort of dismissed it, uh, just thinking Kingston doesn't have a very good relationship with sound and marketing. But then I had this, this minor epiphany where I realized, wait, I'm the only person here who does it, so maybe that's my fault. <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> so I'm glad you thought better of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's tricky because I mean, when you are busy and you are doing bigger projects for people in other cities, I mean, who's going to yeah. get your attention? But uh, but no, I do like the idea. Like I said earlier, I do like the idea of working with someone with whom you can shake hands, you know, and, and sure. get on the same ground as them and be able to immerse yourself in their business and, and their environment. I do think you uh, tend to get a better product that way. So uh, in recent months, I've been making more of an effort to reach out to the local business community and reconnect with certain contacts and, and just seeing, and especially with the, the rebrand too, I think the rebrand has been uh, a big part of the impetus for this, uh, this newfound interest in the local market as well. It's like, okay, it's sort of a new beginning. Uh, mm -hmm. You have, there's this feeling of, it is. It does feel like a new beginning. You sort of feel refreshed when you you have this this rebrand, both visually and sonically, 
and uh and you're like yeah maybe we can try some new things or or retry some old things and and see where it goes yeah are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact you'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be want to know more i have a free downloadable pdf that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy that location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. And I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, why not? Also, your brand now having that audio logo kind of practices what it preaches. <laughs> I think that's a so, big part of the confidence too. It's like, this is what we can do for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it also tells people who you are really quickly. And I think that's important. Well, and that's, that's, that's part of what sound does for us, right? Well, and sound is is so crucial that way because you're able to tell a story without words and you're able to yes. set an emotional tone without words. And something that I was, uh, I wrote about this in one of my more recent blogs, um, is talking about the possible resurgence of the full sing jingle. And ah, yes. I was going to ask you about jingles too. Okay. We well, totally maybe we can <laughs> talk about that. And I think you commented, yeah. I think on LinkedIn as well about that. I did. And, <laughs> and I, I think you and I both grew up in a time where uh, there was a period where it seemed every commercial was a full sing jingle. And when I say a full sing jingle for the person listening uh jingles never went away uh but the full sing is basically when you have a whole commercial that is just a song and that was kind of the norm for decades and then somewhere around 2000 they they kind of disappeared and you know they were sort of seen as cheesy and dated and people just didn't want them anymore but i think there's a shift i sense that there's a shift uh, for a few reasons uh, partly because we have very short commercials now. Like if you see a YouTube pre-roll ad, it might be mm -hmm. like five seconds long. And so many of them are just really awkward because there'll be this quick voiceover that tells you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and there'll be like a logo and maybe a still image. And it's just so hard to be impactful with such limited time. But if you are going to do something musical you have multiple dimensions you're working with. Not only do you have words and voice, but you have tone, you have timbre, you have emotional, implied emotional content. So you can really cram a lot musically into five to 15 seconds that you couldn't do with just a voice and generic stock music. And there have been some great examples in the last little while. Like uh, there's the one, my favorite is uh, Tic Tac, has this really cool jingle and they've got a, several variants of it and it's i love it because it's to the point it's catchy it's fun and most of all it's modern it just sounds like a modern pop song and i think when people think of jingles they think of those cheesy old 
things that you would hear where it's just it's dumb and it's you know it's cheesy yeah you you, you don't want to be cheesy uh but uh, you know if it's on brand and it's modern and it's palatable you've got a really powerful product potentially um another one i really like is burger king burger king's been doing full sing jingles for the last little while and and it's fun it's you know it's it's on point uh it fits the brand and it's catchy and it's it's not in catchy in an, an annoying way it's it's engaging and it's fun and it doesn't take itself too seriously and I, I think it works really well so i'm curious to see where that goes in in the coming years yeah i i think that the jingles that i'm hearing have evolved into something that more closely obviously reflects our current musical tastes yeah and they should so yeah, as they should. Yeah. So I think it's less cheesy now and just uh, a natural progression, let's say. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's really, it's interesting to see where it's going. And, and I think that they're really super catchy, which is one of the things that is, is really missing now. You know, like you want something, good advertising is memorable, right? It's not just clever and interesting because you'll forget clever and interesting. <laughs> yeah. Memorable needs something else. There's a little bit more oof in there that, yeah. Well, I, I always say to people, details of a sale are usually forgotten as soon as the commercial is over. Uh, a good jingle is remembered forever. You keep that forever yeah. like luggage, right? And and you you and I are both musical people. I'm sure you and I remember jingles that we heard, you know, over 20 years ago that we could oh, yeah. sing note for note perfectly, yep. word for word. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff out there and I I just think that jingles got a a bad rap, you know, because yeah. They they're super effective as far as memorability is concerned and and I think that people are missing the boat when they just don't use them at all anymore well so. and it, it's interesting just that they did go away for so long because that was really uh an instance where the trend didn't work with the data because it, what i another thing i love about this business and what i love about it now is we have data when i was working in radio you know it was a kind of a lot of educated guesswork you had sort of a general idea of what was working and what wasn't but there was nobody really out there doing research and doing studies and there's all this data coming out of the woodwork now which is like yes yes okay <laughs> i was right about this i was wrong about this and it's it's very exciting yeah. and um and it's it's great i feel like jingles in my mind have been vindicated because we know things now like uh for instance uh, you have stronger attribution if you say the name in whatever your mnemonic is, right? Mm -hmm. Sounds obvious, but it's nice to get some confirmation. Um, we know that, um, interestingly, longer audio logos are more effective than shorter ones. Uh, so that's that's a jingle right there. Um, what else? Uh, the other thing I thought was really interesting, I think it was... This was in one of maybe Odyssey's um, indexes mm -hmm. where they discovered that uh, there was no connection between uh, demographics and efficacy, uh, meaning music is a universal language. And I've had clients 
say to me, well, our customers are this age and this gender, so they probably like this music. And I have to push back and say, no, it's it's not really the way it works. That's too reactionary. You're going to get a yeah. better product and a more appropriate product and a more impactful product product if you build from the inside out, right? Because music is a universal language. It doesn't matter what genre you use. If it's genuine and it's authentic to you and what you're doing, it's going to connect. Yeah, yeah. And and it's good that people are starting to actually pay attention to that now. I, I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. <laughs> more and more of that is becoming part of people's advertising budgets, which yeah. I think is really good. Well, and and everything is all about it's all about authenticity these days. And and you would know this totally. being a voiceover person. And I'm oh, yeah. really glad to see that uh, it, it, people connect with it. And and the industry is waking up to the fact that people want authenticity. They, they you can't, you know, sort of dumb it down as much as you used to. Um, and authenticity works for everybody. First of all, you can be more distinctive when you're not trying to sound like everybody else and you can just be yourself as a brand but in the voiceover world i'm going to take a slight tangent here but, <laughs> Go for uh, it. yeah but in uh, in the voiceover world there's been a big push for diversity in the last few years yes. uh, which is fantastic uh mm -hmm. now it's it's funny because i had a there was a casting director i, I spoke to and he told me point blank if you're a white male it's very hard to get voiceover work right now which <laughs> being a white male was a, a bit discouraging but also just very grateful because yeah we need more of that we need more authenticity authenticity we need more diverse voices and i've been trying to push this a bit further with my own clients because people i'm not shocked but i'm still surprised when people will solicit voiceover work by simply saying, I need a male voice or I need a female voice. Mm -hmm. And I'm always pushing back saying, that doesn't give me much to work with. Like, I'm trying to get people away from gender and more toward effect. So I push back and I say, no, don't tell me about the gender. Let's not focus on gender. Tell me what sort of effect you're looking for. What do yeah. you want What's the, the voice? What's the emotion you want? Yeah, what do you want the voice to do? And there was one in particular, and I've been pleased that all of them have been receptive to that. I haven't gotten mm -hmm. any pushback because uh, I think for one thing, it just doesn't fit with modern values to, to say, I need a male voice. Like, well, are you sure you yeah. need a male voice? Maybe you don't need a male voice. Uh, and there was one client in particular where it was a similar sort of thing. They said, we want a female voice for this. And I was like, well, why do you want a female voice? And we identified, they didn't have any branding guidelines, but we just quickly identified just a few traits that they wanted to, to make this piece do what they wanted mm -hmm. it to do. And it was the, the stuff you'd expect. We want it conversational, conversational and relatable and all that nice stuff. And I said, okay. And I think I sent them like five samples from, you know, my own roster. And mm -hmm. one of these voices was a non-binary voice. This is someone okay. that had been through hormone therapy that I've worked for with for many, many years, but they recently mm -hmm. transitioned maybe in the last couple of years. And, uh, I was very pleased that they actually picked the non-binary voice. Nice. And okay. I've been actually really surprised how people, how receptive people have been to that, because I think we're, we're kind of 
almost wired. And I, th I think it's a learned thing, but when we hear a voice without any visual context, there is this thing where you kind of want to identify, is this a man or a woman that I'm hearing? And yeah. if it's supposed to be a male or female character, then sure, you know, that makes sense. But if it's a narrator, which it is like 90% of the time, yeah. why would you need to know their gender as long as they're getting the message across? You wouldn't be wondering what color shirt they're wearing. <laughs> Why do you need to know what gender they are? So uh, I'm really pleased that the industry is headed in this direction. And I'm really I'm even more pleased that clients so far have been very receptive to it. It's yeah, it's great. I really appreciate you being here. Know anyone that you think would make a great guest for this podcast? Someone who works in sound on behalf of clients? Please do get in touch. I'd love to hear about them. Your recommendations are always super helpful. And now back to the show. I I really like that. Yeah, it's it's been nice to hear that people are open to that kind of thing, that, that you can hear more voices. More people will get to hear themselves in what's going out there, which I think is... A very important thing. Yeah, well, and my non my non binary colleague slash friend that I work with that does mm -hmm. voice work, uh, they were talking about um, a non binary voice they heard in a cartoon. They got all excited. They're like, "Yes, yes!" You know, it, it's just it's nice to be able to see and hear just the the full spectrum of the human voice out there. Yeah, it's and for for. If you are, if you identify that way, then, you know, that's, you're going to connect with it much better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you what the future of sound is that you think. Um, it, there's, a, there's a lot out there. And I mean, interesting thing you were talking about authenticity, because we're also sort of not fighting with, but kind of seeing the resurgence or the, the uptick of AI. And of course, synthetic voices. And it makes me wonder whether authenticity really is as important as everyone thinks it is. Because if people are willing to settle for a synthetic voice, how authentic is that? <laughs> and clearly it's happening. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I, we all say, okay, yeah, we just need to be better actors. Okay, true, probably. <laughs> but still, people are gonna say good enough is good enough. Well, some, some people instances. will and some people won't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the AI thing is tricky. Uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, what do you think of AI? What do you think of clone voices and and clone voices like clone singers? You can you can make new Elvis songs now, stuff like that. Yeah. And and this is just my personality. But I've always had this attitude of let's just wait it out. Let's just see where it goes. I'm not yeah. going to panic. I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, maybe this is a hazard. Maybe it's a benefit. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's just change. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not good at predicting these things. Uh, I know what I like and I know what I don't like. I know what I feel is appropriate and what I feel is inappropriate. But in terms of where the industry is going to go in that regard, um, I don't know. Let's let's just wait it out. Let's see what happens. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot coming, and I think that change is inevitable. 
and yeah. we'll see where it goes. Well, I suspect that you and I won't be the ones to really experience this. It'll be the, the generation before us, <laughs> the generation after us, pardon me. Yeah. The one that's younger than we are. Yeah. Well, and they'll have to figure it out. Well, I'm curious to see what the next generation does in general, because I, I talk with a lot of students uh, mm -hmm. and I love talking with students because they are so receptive to this stuff. Because I find, and this is getting back to the local, you know, business debacle. Sure. Uh, when you do focus locally, you know, you do get a lot of older uh, business owners who are very protective of what they do. And they're not always receptive to new ideas. You start to talk about audio branding and they're like, you know, they, they sort of look at you like you got three heads, right? Uh, but uh, but students are really sharp and... and um, I've interacted, I mentioned the St. Lawrence College Music and Digital Media Program, and I've had a chance to interact with some of those people. And they're, they're doing some super cool stuff. And, and when I talk to them and when I talk to the profs, uh, they're, they're just so switched on by all this because it's not something they don't have like an audio branding course at the college. We've talked about maybe me doing some guest lectures in uh, the new, the next term, uh, which I'm very excited about. But, um, yeah, they're just so interested and I know that they're going to take it to a place that maybe I won't in the next 20 years. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting and I'm really, I don't know where any of this is going, but I'm uh, very excited. I don't excited think anyone does yet. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. I feel yeah. like we're still in the, the pioneering stages of this yes. industry. So no, I'm just, I'm really happy and excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I remember when the internet first came onto the scene, and this is kind of the feeling I'm getting from. <laughs> yeah, it's like any new it's, technology, it's you know, it's going to be scary, it's going to be exciting, and you, know, you just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, we are coming to the end of our discussion. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Is there a way that people can get in touch with you? Do you want to talk about your website, let people know how they can reach out? Yeah, so uh, simplest way, just go to soundwise.audio. Uh, there's a lot of information there. My blog is on there. There's links to uh, lots of demos, lots of, uh, you know, my, basically my portfolio is there, and links to social media, LinkedIn, and yeah, basically everything you need is there. So take a look and yes, give me a shout if you're interested in discussing more. Great. Yeah. And I would recommend anyone listening to check you out on LinkedIn because I do love your blogs. Those are really informative and interesting. So oh, thank you. Keep I've those been, up. Yeah. I've been trying to get those out monthly. Doesn't always <laughs> work out that way, but that's that's the goal. So usually They're every month the there's, there's something new. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for you. doing that. And thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your being here. <laughs> no, Jody, this has been great. Uh, thank you for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. <laughs>